da 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 You sound insane. Do you realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. Seriously? It's showtime. We're back on the Mad About Movies podcast for another Movie of the Week conversation. Christopher Nolan is back to making movies, big movies, on big screens. We're back to seeing movies on big screens. Wow. That feels good to say. Movies. Feels great to say. Movies again. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm going to cry, guys. It was amazing. We're, we did it. We, we, get, it. we got through the COVID's bad movie over. marathon. <laughs> No more Battlefield Earths. <laughs> we're going to have a terrible resurgence tomorrow, and we're going to be right back to Battlefield Earth 3. Just <laughs> Right. Until they make a sequel, and then we'll cover that. I'm sure. Extensively. Stay tuned. Well, yeah, it feels great to be here. I, I do realize some people are listening to this probably that, that weren't able to go to a movie this past week. Maybe you want to hear what we thought of Tenet. Spoiler free. We'll give those thoughts to you, don't worry, and then we'll get more spoilery later in the episode. So we'll try and keep it generic, and try and skim the surface if we can, on what the experience was like, what Tenet is like, and then we'll get into it a little bit deeper. But welcome in, I'm Kent, with Brian and Richard, as always, and a lot to talk about, a lot to get into with this movie, as always, with Christopher Nolan, and you know, just on the topic of seeing the movie again, I, I went to the Alamo Draft House. Brian, I know I know you went to the Alamo Draft House. Richard, where did you go for uh, for Tenet? I did a Cinemark. I did a Cinemark IMAX. Ooh. Okay. Cinemark. A Cinemark IMAX. Is it the one that we saw Star Wars? Yes. Right down the street from me. Okay. It's the closest theater to me. It's about six blocks away. Mm. Yeah. Love I lived theater. large. It was me and six other people. <laughs> so it was very, <laughs> very safe. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Well, yeah, it felt very safe. I, you know, bought the tickets online and they had it socially distanced on the app, at least Alamo did, where mm-hmm. you buy your ticket and then as soon as you buy it, it automatically blocked off two seats on either side of your party. So if you're sitting next to your wife, your friend, whoever it is, you can sit next to that person directly, but socially distanced from other families and mm-hmm. patrons at the at the theater. So yeah, it was pretty safe. I don't think I had any direct contact with anyone except the, the Alamo waiter there. Got a little Coca-Cola classic, like you do. But other than that, it was it was a good experience and just felt really good. Brian, how'd you how'd you enjoy the experience of going back to the theater? Yeah, it was great. Alamo is always awesome. Um, would love to uh, if if any Alamo employees are listening, we we'd love to talk. Um, mm. But we've got one that's that's pretty close to to my house over here. I think it's the same one you went to, right, Kinto? That's uh, the one. That's the closest one to me now. Sure. Okay. Um, so yeah. Yeah. They've got a couple locations here in Dallas. I think they got four or five mm-hmm. here in the Metroplex. Mm-hmm. So right. it's become a lot easier. Back when we were doing episodes mm-hmm. at, at Alamo when the fir- podcast first started, I think there was that was the only one in yeah. in Dallas. Uh, so now there's four yeah. or five. So yeah, I go. I went to that one. It's it's really nice and new, and it was the first time I had ever been to that one. So mm-hmm. yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, Lindsay and I go to that one fairly frequently. That's the, typically where we would go for for like a like a date night if nothing else um yeah we went Lindsay went with me i i wasn't sure she was going to be super into the movie so i was just like do you do you want to see tenet is that and i think she was just like i would see pretty much any movie at this point like she just wanted to go to the theater so 
So we went and uh, Tobin, my my co-host from Spread the Floor, he went with us. So yeah, I bought I bought our three tickets to get together. It blacked out the seats on either side of us, and then we went on like a Tuesday night at six o'clock or something, and so we already had a low audience anyway, right. you know. So there was probably there wasn't anybody else on our row. There was maybe five other people in the theater, something like that, and so yeah, it was great. I mean, Alamo did a great job of being very clear with the 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 directions and like what you have to do to be able to go see a movie and the masks and all this sort of stuff and yeah I felt I felt very safe I went uh, this weekend we went and saw new mutants not good uh, at, a, at a different theater but it's had your entire review. Kind of that's we're not doing a yeah. review that, that was it <laughs> yeah there's the episode on that I can put that on Rotten Tomatoes now but uh, but it was the same kind <laughs> of thing good. you it, it, Brian, it, it, it's right it blacked out seats on either side of us it was Sunday night before Labor Day, so there's a few more people in the theater, but still it wasn't packed. And there was like a lobby attendant who was like, I, I'm grateful for this. I'm not making fun of it, but was very attentive to every person who came through the door and was like, when you, if you were in line at concessions, she came over twice while I was waiting to get popcorn or whatever to two different groups and was like, uh, put your mask on. You have to put, you have to keep your mask on when you're in the lobby and stuff. Like you can't be eating popcorn out here. It's, you know, all this sort of stuff. So I was like, okay, they're, they're taking it seriously. And, uh, hopefully, hopefully theaters being open, uh, works well for, uh, for us. Cause it'd be, it'd be nice to have that over the, the coming weeks and months. Even at Alamo getting a drink soda, they came in like a sealed plastic cup. Uh-huh. So yeah. Yeah. you're not getting some dish that was washed we got popcorn and it was in like a thing that was had saran wrap over the top of it. Mm-hmm. So it was one that was sealed earlier in the day and it wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, contaminated. Yeah. So that, Alamo, that stuff at least it gives you the peace of mind. It might not do anything, but at least sure, it's like, sure. Oh, okay. They're, they're trying here, which yeah, movie theaters sure. never try, which was funny. <laughs> they had a sign. <laughs> they had a sign at Alamo. Before the movie, they had this little slideshow. It's like, here's the things we're doing to keep you safe. Mm-hmm. One of them was like, we're cleaning after every single <laughs> screening. It's like, you weren't doing that yeah. before? Yeah, totally. It's like, we're actually cleaning the theaters now. Like, right. I, we <laughs> definitely weren't doing that before. Right. We heard you, and we're going to be better. That's what they were saying. Yeah. yeah. It was weird. You had to, on Alamo, you know, I bought our tickets like 10 days ahead of time, Um so we can make sure we got the, the, you know, the screening that we wanted and everything. And I had no idea if this is going to be, it kind of went the way I thought it was going to be. Like I told you guys, there was only like five or six other people in the theater, but that's kind of what I expected, but I didn't want to wait till the last minute and be like, okay, we're going at six o'clock on Tuesday and then not be able to get seats and stuff. So I bought the tickets like 10 days in advance and Alamo had their set up to work because of what you just said can't work. It comes like all the food and drinks came sealed and pre-prepared and stuff. You had to order your food when you bought your tickets. And so like 10 days out, I had to be like, okay, I probably going to want a pizza and, uh, and you know, here's what I want to want to drink and trying to, and then when they brought it out, I was like, oh, Brian right, orders I, pizza I from another pizza. movie theater though. He goes, I don't want the good Alamo yeah. pizza. Oh, I want, you bring like, it in from yeah. movie tavern. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just to up them. I mean, you show them the logo. I want you to go down to the rave and yeah. get the pizza hut pizza that's been <laughs> sitting in that, that heater for six hours and bring it in here. Please. Right. It's a weird flex, but like, I respect it. <laughs> I like what I like, you know. It's uh... <laughs> it's a man of taste. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it was a thing, you know, where they had plenty of hand sanitizer. So you know, you san- I sanitized when I got my ticket scanned. I sanitized when I, 
got into the theater and sanitized my hands on the way out. So yeah, you <laughs> feel safe and and let's just say first time I've ever experienced a Christopher Nolan movie where I'm the one wearing the mask. <laughs> oh Yahtzee. <Wow>. Yahtzee. <laughs> uh, Batman Shane has experienced a lot because he dresses up full still, <laughs> full dark night, just as solidarity. <laughs> So he went and saw Tenet dressed as oddly as Christian Bale's Batman. But that's what you and your Batman chain. Anyway, let's talk about the experience of Tenet and seeing it because, Brian, I don't know about you, Richard. It took me about four and a half seconds to be like, oh, yeah, again. I don't know. It's something about Christopher Nolan movies. Yeah. It's something about... The way this one opens, the sound, the visuals. I was back. It just like everything just like envelops you immediately. And it felt and it felt like I hadn't been to a movie in a month, not seven <laughs> months or whatever it's actually been. Right. It's like a little bit like, yeah, it's been a while, but but not it it, it snapped me back in pretty hard. Nice. It felt great. And this movie, I don't wanna this isn't spoilery really per se, but let's just say, you know, it starts out and it throws you right into the action. So yeah, it takes you immediately back into where we left off uh, seven months ago and reviewing movies again. And it didn't take me long to, to, to feel the emotion of gosh, I love movies and I'm glad to be here and let's do this. So that was good. Definitely. Yeah. I almost cried walking in. I was just like, "This is this, this feels like home. It's nice to be here." It was it was great. You broke down I walking in. You weren't too. even in. You were in the aisle and you were bawling your eyes uh-huh. out. I was like, yeah, sir, just, can you please? Right. I almost cried too. You're but like, I was you're so undoing bummed. all our sanitation. Gosh, come on. <laughs> I cry when I cry. I was crying just because I was so bummed to be back. I was like, man, it's been so sir, nice. Can you, streaming. Can you put your mask on while you it. cry? It's going to get snot all over it. I don't get snot on my mask. <laughs> all right. Tenet. I don't know how spoilery free we can keep this. I know. It's going to be a short um, spoilery free. Because I only say that because the advertising, the lead up to this, the posters, whatever you want to call it, has been so mysterious. So there's not a lot I can say that people already kind of know about this. Mm. <sighs> Is it what you expect, Brian? <laughs> just in that regard, like just to start things off, is it what you expected? That's a good question. Um, I loved the so I love the marketing campaign for this. I the the because it's very unclear what is happening, but beyond like you know some little action set pieces, you know that it's Christopher Nolan. So you have a feeling that it's and obviously you see like the the bullets and stuff. And you're like, okay, this is going to have some element of time warping time travel whatever so i know that's that's there so i know rachel mcadams is involved somehow <laughs> right, right yeah <laughs> robert Patton, i thought we weren't spoiling it uh but robert pattinson was rachel mcadams the whole time um but yeah Scooby-Doo, like, demasks. <laughs> right right so very mi1 yeah very much so yeah <laughs> Uh, not enough that. doves though couldn't couldn't get to MI mi2 level but yeah yeah like i but what can't Right. I said, I told Richard this on our Memento throwback episode that I would be fine with from here on out. Christopher Nolan trailers are just a black screen and it just the words Christopher Nolan movie 
you know, whatever, July 2021. Blah. See you there. Blah. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> I'm like, cool. Yeah, I'm in. That's, I that's would fine. Say, I the only thing I would add to that is maybe a little bit of a cast list. I want to know. Sure. I yeah, mean, it's going to sure. be mostly the same people, but it's, I'd be kind of like, other than that, yeah, that's all you need. Mm-hmm. Sure. Sure. So it's hard to have um, expectation for like plot and story and all that kind of stuff, but from a. If if I'm just judging it on your your question, if I'm just judging it on did the did the expect did it meet my expectations of what a Christopher Nolan movie is? Yes, absolutely. This is this is totally what this is like the most Christopher Nolan movie, and so yeah, for sure. I have to be, uh, I have to say, yeah, that's that's kind of what I what I expected going in. Now, I, you know, I think the quality is is maybe up for debate, and I I we haven't you the three of us we haven't talked about it at all. Usually. We at least will like, you know, exchange a text here or there just a little bit maybe. But on this, we haven't talked about it at all. I have no idea how you guys feel about it. And even today, I was like kind of wrestling with like for let me get so I, I keep a letterbox of, of every a list of every movie that I see during the course of the year. I know you do too, Kent and Richard, I think, has finally started doing this as well. And usually when I walk out of a movie or I, I turn off a movie in my house or whatever. I, it's not like an immediate, okay, I got to go to my letterbox and update it. But somewhere in the next 12, 24 hours, I'll probably update it and, and figure out where it goes on the list for the year and stuff like that. I To tenant it, it was like almost a full week before I did it because it was like, I don't, I'm not totally sure where I fall on all of this. But it definitely had the Nolan vibes, obviously, all the way through. And I really enjoyed being back in the theater and enjoyed watching this, but it's, it is a, there are going to be people who are going to say this movie sucks and it's going to be really hard for me not to, not to, it's going to be very hard for me to be able to say you're wrong. And here's why, if that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Fair. Totally fair. Richard, do you have any skim the surface thoughts here? We can get out of the way before man with directors this is not a critique. I'm going to wait for spoilers to kind of give you my take on it. But directors sometimes do this, or often real, like, you know, substantial directors that matter sort of historically and contextually. They do this where they really lean into all, they do the movie where they lean into all of their inclinations and lean into all of their, um, you know, sort of sensibilities and everything and just really do like the ultimate blank director movie. This was that, I feel like, for Christopher Nolan. Mm-hmm. Um, I happen to sort of like that sensibility, so it worked for me. But I, I feel like if you're someone that's sort of on the fence about him, this would be sort of aggressively that director. You know what I mean? Like really, like your your it, strongest selling point for hating this director would be this, maybe. right? Exactly, right. If you're someone okay, that doesn't yeah. like guitar solos, it's the album that has 14 minute guitar solos on every song, <laughs> and so like you're not gonna dig it. But if you do, send it like, my way in case if yeah. you do have that album because I want to hear it. But if you do, if you're like, I like to watch guys riff a little bit or whatever your thing is, right? And mm-hmm. then you're going to really enjoy it. It's going to play to that. So this was Nolan's, like, for me, like his real flex movie on, like, this is what I'm about. Um, and so for that, on, the, on that reason, it really worked for me. Yeah, it certainly is a Christopher Nolan greatest hits collection. And maybe I can say that without spoiling too much in terms of 
of where the movie goes. Uh, let's just say it. Let's it's, just say it's, it's an insomnia. Seen... It's an insomnia sequel. Let's just say it. <laughs> Screw spoilers. This is a sequel to Insomnia. Let's this is, just get uh, it out there. Prequel to Dunkirk. Robin Williams was in poor taste. But... <laughs> it's a preview to Dunkirk. <laughs> Um, <laughs> well, both of you just went with really A-plus jokes there at the same time. I couldn't react uh, to both. Yeah, rewind. Yeah, fam, that was strong. Off. Well done. <laughs> All right. Yeah, no, it, it really does. It feels like he put the Dark Knight with the prestige with Inception and made it and with Interstellar and made it into one movie uh, and mm. and also added some stuff that he's always kind of wanted to do. You know, he's always been in the James Bond conversation and mm. I'd like to go down that road, but I don't, I'm not a franchise director, so I don't want to be involved in that. So maybe if I did my own version of that, so maybe he worked some of that instinct into this a little bit. Sure. And you can't blame him for that. So yeah, you know, just to maybe skim the surface on terms of the cast too. Before we get into spoilers, John David Washington leading this movie, usually Christopher Nolan movies are just like movie star, big mm-hmm. ass movie star. And then he'll work in Jason Gordon, Gordon Levitt or Anne Hathaway or whoever else into that around the sure. you know, great supporting cast, always good casting. But it always seems to revolve around one big action star, movie star, dramatic actor, or what have you. And so. Are you convinced after this that uh, John David Washington is a movie star, leading man, whatever you want to call it, or is it just he fits well in this world? This is, is good for Christopher Nolan to work with him. He liked him. Uh, where do you see that going, Brian? I thought John David Washington was awesome in this movie. Um, that appears to be, I wouldn't say a hot take, but like sort of maybe a 50 50 take, just judging from listeners in our discord and stuff like that. Um, I haven't read any reviews on this beyond just, just seeing like the rotten tomato score and stuff. But, um, but yeah, in our, in our discord, I put up a, a tenant spoilers. That's for our VIPs, by the way, if you're a first time listener, you can yes. hit that VIP club. Mad by movies, podcast.com slash VIP. Um, there's yeah, about, I, I put up a spoiler thread for, for tenant and <laughs> there's there about, a, I, I mean, I went right before this episode, just trying to scroll through some of that. Mm-hmm, and skim it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there is, let's, Hours of stuff for you to read for and sure. air of conversation yeah. of people with this movie. I couldn't even start <laughs> reading yeah, totally. it. So yeah, definitely totally. go back and read that, uh, yeah. listener. Which is great. I mean, seriously, we have, I mean, this yeah. weird, this year has been so weird anyway. So it's, this is, it's, there's not like it has a lot of competition, but I don't, I mean, we haven't had a movie like that this year, um, that has prompted weeks of legit discussion about good and bad. I mean, there's people on both sides of that of on this movie of liking it or, or just full on hating it. And so anyway, but, but John David Washington, I thought was great. And then came to see that there were a lot of people who, who not that he was bad, but that the character wasn't, I agree that the character wasn't developed. None of the characters were, were particularly developed well in this, but, um, but they were kind of soft on his his performance and felt like he kind of underdid everything. And I thought it was awesome. I mean, look, this guy has almost no credits to his name. It's it's this and Black Klansman and then, you know, ballers. Um but like I would I would buy a lot of but stock. But in a way in, the baller, in, in what ballers is do. the ultimate credit. That's I true. would say. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, I thought he was awesome. I honestly I thought the acting yeah, in this was cool. was cool. overall was very good. Um, this one you think, over on Pattinson a little bit because you're you're the, the most yeah I like I thought Pattinson, Pattinson was good this first time I've seen yeah it's first time I've seen him emote in a way that I that I kind of 
I, I grasped as a human being. So that, you know, that was good. Um, I dug it. Yeah. I thought he, I thought he was solid, but I thought John David Washington was, was great. And I think that I'm not going to say that cause I don't need, again, I don't even know where you guys stand on this. I, I'm not going to say that you're wrong if you think he wasn't good in this, or if you thought that he was just kind of uh, tepid or soft on the screen or whatever. I think that that character was a lot harder to play than it's, he's maybe getting credit for. Like this is a tough movie to act in and, and a lot is hanging. You're cause you're totally right. Can't like no one for, the bulk of his career Dunkirk is a bit of an outlier. Um, but, but the rest of those movies, I mean, you're talking Matthew McConaughey and, and DiCaprio and Christian Bale and mm-hmm. Robin Williams and on down the list. I mean, it, he, he is a guy who Liam almost Neeson. always has a lead role. That is, it is a, it is a big time movie star type role. And I think this probably is, it's just a, it's a, this is a, such a tough movie to, I think to, to perform in and anyway, I thought John David Washington was great and I'd be, I am very pumped for whatever he wants to do, um, moving forward in his career. Whenever he pops up again, I'm, I'm, I'm in. Crimson yeah. Tide prequel. <laughs> Gosh, I would love that. I love that. <laughs> yeah. I'm the same way. I hadn't seen him in much mm-hmm. at all. I'd seen him in ballers pretty much. And uh, black Landsman, obviously mm-hmm. I thought it was excellent in black Landsman. But didn't know what to expect with Christopher Nolan. Let's just say, you know, if the if the, if the complaint is out there, uh, he's underdeveloped. Every Christopher Nolan character is underdeveloped. That's what mm. that's the point. <laughs> he throws you into this thing, and you f- have to figure stuff out on your own. And he he might give you a little crumb here and there on who these people are. Ultimately, you probably won't ever figure out. What did you know about Harry Styles and and Dunkirk? Nothing mm-hmm. doesn't matter, but you, you still enjoy the experience that the guy yeah, can have he was hot. in the situation. We knew that. Yeah. Yeah. We knew he was in one direction and, and, and uh, Simon Cowell didn't think he could make it and all this stuff. Um, but all that to say, I, I didn't care much about <laughs> the exposition, the backstory, character development in this movie at all. Uh, you know, you're just along for the ride and you kind of try to figure figure out what the heck's going on most of the time. And that's, sure. that's line one with most of his movies is just unravel the actual circumstance of, of what he's showing you. And I thought he did that here, maybe to the most extreme he's ever done. Christopher Nolan <laughs> in terms of giving yeah. you just an insane web to un- unravel. And I thought that was extremely impressive, but let's just, you know, general talk i mean this movie has it all i mean it's got action it's got acting it's got twists turns it's got unexpected things you've never seen before it's got uh, great chemistry between you know male and female actors both you know great representation across you know all fronts i Mm -hmm. I feel like too Uh, i thought this movie had a lot a lot going for it Uh, in terms of the plot we can get there and spoiler talk, but I mean, it, it satisfied me from a, what a movie should be and what I want in a Christopher Nolan blockbuster middle of the summer movie. It brought mm-hmm. all of that. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, I mean, he, he, he is almost now <laughs> in a weird way. I'm trying to think of other directors that have accomplished this. I don't even know if it's like a huge, you know, group of people, but 
he is almost now, and this plays into what Brian said with the trailer talk, a genre unto himself. It's like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what kind of movies do you like? Well, I like horror movies. Or he's an auteur. Comedies, yeah, he's his or own like, entity. Or I like yeah. dramas. Or I like Christopher Nolan movies. It's like this, because he's the only person making like original sort of philosophical concept blockbuster movies. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost like its own thing. Crazy. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, apparently he's he's only one of three blockbuster directors still that can do whatever they want without any studio notes taken into consideration. The, 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 <laughs> Louis Lettier, obviously. And- <laughs> what do you think the three are? <laughs> Gus Van Zant, probably, I'd say. That's that'd be my I guess. would say Tarantino. Yeah. Spielberg. Nolan and Spielberg, right? Yeah. Does Tarantino well, count as blockbuster? Tarantino doesn't count director? as blockbuster director. His movies make like I mean. three or four hundred million. I, I noticed I know. Um I'm talking like big franchise movies. The other one is James Cameron. So okay. James Cameron, Spielberg, and Nolan are apparently the only directors that work. Or a, in a major studio environment that make big blockbusters that are handed two hundred million dollars. Snyder, Snyder apparently in. got no notes, <laughs> just based on results. What up? Well, comment. We'll see, we'll comment see what the, the result of that is here in the next few months. But right. but yeah. So you expect, I guess, a bit of artistic risk involved, yeah, and maybe like sure. he can do whatever he wants. So. I guess the general yeah. public, what they think, maybe it doesn't matter in his opinion. It's just like he makes mm-hmm. such a statement with every movie he, he makes and he sees it as sure. like a piece of a larger whole of a career. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think taking his the context of what he's done already into consideration, I think I like this movie more when I think about mm. what's before it and probably where things are going. Like this movie really, he could not have made this movie before he made the last two movies he made. Right. Uh, I think this is probably kind of a, a lightning in a bottle situation from an idea standpoint, from a casting standpoint and, and from the technology of making this happen, you know, this movie also, there was not some controversy, but news came out that, Oh, he requested a lot more money than, or went over budget because they needed more money to make this movie. This, mm. The effects, you know, just had to be had to be done. I thought it was worth it. Whatever, yeah. whatever this studio bought into with this Warner Brothers, I guess sure. it was in this sure. in this case of saying <laughs> do whatever you want. It totally worked for me, and mm-hmm. um, that's I guess that's all I have to say before we hit spoilers. Yeah, well, I mean. You're, you guys are right. Like this is, and Richard, Rich and I, again, we talked about this a little bit on the, the Memento episode. Um, but, but there are other directors that can get, they can walk into a studio and say, give me X amount of dollars. I'm making a movie. Um, Scorsese. And I think Denny Villeneuve is that way. And there's, there's others that, that probably Fincher probably can do mm-hmm. that as well. There's, there's other guys who can't do it, but there are so few that can do it and then deliver a blockbuster movie that in a normal year makes half a billion to a billion dollars, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, I mean, there's just, there aren't many people who can pull that off and, and, and you're, you're spot on Richard. It's it, he, he is a genre unto himself. And so, and this one, this one will put that to the test for some people because it, it really is 
I mean, if you like Christopher Nolan movies, if you like the things that he does, you're going to really dig this. If you were, I think anyway, if you were sort of on the kind of teetering on, on inception or interstellar or some of these others, I, I fully, I think you're going to have a, maybe a different, a more difficult time with, with what this does. Cause this is, I mean, this feels like the, the non distilled version of, of Christopher Nolan movies. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm doing this. So, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be, it's going to make for an interesting conversation for sure. Absolutely. Before we move on and get into spoilers here on Tenet, time to take a quick break and tell you about some great offers we've got for you, man, fam. You heard me talk a couple weeks ago about better help. Well, I want to ask you what interferes with your happiness. Is there something out there that's preventing you from achieving your goals? Maybe you need somebody to talk to. Maybe you need some advice on something and you just don't know where to go. BetterHelp will assist you with your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. Don't worry. It's safe. It's easy. They connect you online in a private environment. It's very convenient. You can start communicating in under 24 hours. And it's not self-help. It's professional counseling. Maybe you've got a friend in your life that you go to all the time and you talk about life with them. But maybe there's something you're going through that... You need a professional's advice on, maybe a life change, maybe a death in the family, something like that. You can send a message to your counselor any time of the day or night. You get a timely and thoughtful response, plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions with your counselor. So, no waiting rooms, no going somewhere. They have licensed professional therapists who are specializing in things like grief, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, family conflicts, maybe self-esteem, trauma, anything that you share is confidential with them. And so right now, our listeners can start living a better life today at betterhelp.com slash mad. That's 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash mad. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health this year. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash mad. Help yourselves, guys, with BetterHelp. Also want to tell you guys about a special offer we've got from our friends over at Mac Weldon. I'd never tried it for myself until Mac Weldon got involved with us here at MamFam Industries. And let me tell you, it's pretty life-changing. Mac Weldon is better than whatever you're wearing right now. I can promise you that. It's premium men's essentials. Those three words, premium men's essentials. They believe in smart design and premium fabrics they've got basic socks shirts hoodies underwear polos really the longest lasting highest quality items on the market i'm actually wearing some mac weldon air knit boxer briefs right now pretty life-changing you know what i was pretty old school for a long time when it came to the underwear department you know just regular i don't know over the counter (laughs) that's the right word boxer briefs briefs something like that and then this air knit technology came out and let me tell you Guys, get on it. This is life-changing. I'm, I want to place my entire underwear drawer with the Mac Weldon Airnet. The folks at Mac Weldon have made it easy to look good all the time with their free loyalty program called Weldon Blue. Level 1 gets you free shipping for life. And Level 2, after you spend $200, Mac Weldon will start giving you 20% off every order for a year. Our listeners can go to MacWeldon.com slash mad, enter promo code MAD, and get 20% off your first order. Do it, guys. This is the best clothes you're going to get anywhere. Be good. Be awesome. Be like us. 
get Mac Weldon. MacWeldon.com slash Matt. All right, spoiler time. So if you have not seen Tenet, you need to stop and, and go see it before listening to this. Do not let us. Yeah. Um, if we ruin it for you, for you, it's on you. It's, yeah, on it's on you from here on out. Let's just say mm-hmm. that. Okay, here we go. So, you knew something with time inversion, something with the future, maybe technology was going to happen with this. How far into that, uh, B. Gill, did you anticipate versus what? What it will actually <laughs> it was unfolded before your eyes in this movie. <laughs> so <laughs> we got in the car after seeing this, and and Lindsay says, "I have a lot of questions about everything that just happened." And I was like, "I will try." <laughs> like I'm not sure I am going to have all the answers on this. It's a mo- it. So Inception, I think, is a much more simpler movie than people credit it as I, I i mean there's a lot of complexities within it and the the it's so complex from a visual standpoint too that i i think that um and because it ends on sort of an ambiguous note i think it has it it, it gets more credit for being complex when really maybe the, the the best thing about it is it's actually pretty simple when you when you really get down to it this is not that way tenant is not that way at all to me um i I think by the end of it, it reminded me of Inception a little bit in that I wasn't totally sure what was happening completely through the course of it. But by the end of it, I was like, okay, I totally, I get what, what that was. I understand what was happening with, with Inception. I would say I had 95 or a hundred percent of the full picture, the details. I get it. I understand how this all locks together. It's, you know, I'm sold. This was more like, I get the whole, I think I, I get the, the macro, but I definitely don't think I have all the, the micro details down. And so, I mean, it's pretty rare for, for me at least because I'm not, I'm not an intellectual. And so if I go see a movie that is over my head, I tend to just say either it doesn't stick with me and I'm just, or I just say, "Eh," and I kind of walk away from this was one where I was like, okay, I'm not totally sure what this meant or what that meant or what was happening. Maybe I got 75% of it. Now I need to go fill in the blanks and try to, to piece it all together because there is so much going on from, I mean, literally from the first second and to try to put that all together in the moment. At least, I mean, again, I'm not that smart. And so there were, there was a lot of things where I was like, I'm not sh- super sure how that works in the moment or what that I'm just trying to go with it. And some of it fell to fell in place as the movie went along and some of it, I kind of had to fill in after the fact. Um, that is a, you know, I, we had, I think you, have you guys, you guys had seen that, that first five minutes previously, right? Like at, at yep. IMAX or yep, something. Yep, 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 yep. No, I never did. I never saw that? I never oh, saw yeah. the, okay. uh, the prologue or the, I had, okay. I saw that. I think it was, uh, before rise of Skywalker. Um, Same. I saw that and, I would have guessed that that was in the middle of the movie, not literally the first five minutes of, of the film. I mean, it like, it goes, it goes real hard from, from minute one. Um, and then boy, the stuff that as it unfolds, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm very curious to, to hear what you guys, what your experiences w- were with this, because there were, for me, it was like, I felt like, like my brain was on like a 10 minute delay with some of it because you would get like a scene 
and they would because there's a lot of exposition in this. Let's let's be let's be real. Oh, for sure. Um, and but but a lot of it was like still kind of vague exposition, you know. And it's yeah. just like, okay, I think I get what you're saying, but I'm not sh- I'm not totally sure. And then ten minutes later, something would happen within the plot or more exposition or whatever, and it would like kind of click in my in my brain. Like, oh, okay, all right. So that was this, and this is that, and now I'm kind of. I'm kind of getting, I don't know, was it, did you guys have that same experience or was it, were you following along better <laughs> than I was through, through the course? No, you know, I, uh, I'm one of the, the big proponents of Inception is not a very complicated movie. I've been on since the beginning. And it annoys me when really smart people I know are confused by Inception. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause I'm like, I feel like you're in your own head at this point. This is a pretty, I feel like Jurassic Park is more complicated than Inception. Uh, whereas mm-hmm. this is, I think, earnestly pretty complicated and, and it has a lot of moving parts and the exposition is well executed. Um, Cause he's a, you know, the writing on this is really strong, but it's still a lot of exposition in its mm-hmm. practicality. So, so I, I tend to get really annoyed by exposition, but this, it didn't really annoy me, but it, you do notice how much of it there is because you are, are, borrow the term working backwards in a weird way. So mm-hmm. you have to have that in there. Um, so, so yeah, so it was, it was sort of that for me, but it, it was, um, it was done. It was done well, but it's, you know, you've painted yourself into the corner with this plot. So how do you, how do you get your way out of it? I thought he got his way out of it as well as, as one could expect. Sure. Yeah. That's what about you, Kent? Yeah. Just on the inception note, I agree with you. I remember people coming out of Inception almost with this exact same feeling that they had with Tenet. But I think that with the benefit of almost 10 years of hindsight, or 10 years of hindsight at this point, that we understand it now. We've had time to process what we saw. We've watched it multiple times. We get it. So from that standpoint, I think it is easier to understand because uh, we just understand it more now. I mean, we can say mm-hmm. it's easier to understand because we understand it more, right? I think over time, this will have that same effect. I think in 10 years, I think we'll look back at this movie and say, wow, Tenet really isn't that complicated. And and we probably at the time were really confused, but after one or two more viewings, it, it kind of... Un- unravels i I found i found that way with a lot of christopher nolan's movies you know certainly interstellar is that way certainly the prestige is that way um i don't want to say he follows a template but he has certain tropes that he likes to use and he uses them in this movie a lot not that that's a bad thing but once you i i I, I'm with you, Brian. Not that I was 10 minutes behind, but I was following it as we go. I wasn't anticipating nearly as much as you would <laughs> with a three-act movie, like, okay, I know where this is going, or this character is going to come back at this and later in the movie or at the end to come save him, or whatever, you know, normal things mm-hmm. you would you would think about. You are figuring it out as you go, and I think that's the point. Uh, John David Washington, the protagonist, the unnamed protagonist, just thrown into this world, doesn't know what's going on, can't figure it out, sees time inversion uh has all these weird experiences at this big uh event that he's just randomly called into and and can't figure things out and and 
Christopher Nolan uses us, the the viewer, as that protagonist in this case to to learn about this world and and figure that out. And and I think you know it is complicated. It's and and I think John David Washington does a great job of being confused by it all and not understanding mm. it. And you know that's the thing about his dad Denzel that I've noticed. The difference between the two is that Denzel in every movie he's in, he's the smartest guy in the room in every scene. He's always he, he's always <laughs> like acting like uh, who he's talking to is dumber than he is, and, and he's having to explain okay, something to them, okay. right? And that's part of it. Yeah, it's part of his charm. It's part of Denzel. That's great. But John David Washington is much more uh, reactive, and certainly has qualities of his of his dad. Um, but I, I think he's much going to be a much more versatile actor in terms of. What not being typecast into certain things like Denzel is, you know, I think Denzel probably does get a law for a lot of a lot of types of the same roles that he does. Maybe that's my why he does his own thing now. But yeah, man, it it's confusing at the time. But I think once the breadcrumbs start to come together into a piece of bread by the end of the movie. I think you look back and you start to put the pieces together and it makes a lot more sense. Like at the time it's confusing, but I think by the end it's worth the payoff of, of understanding before. And my immediate, my immediate thought after this was, I want to watch that again immediately. Sure. First thing I want to watch it. I want to For me, it was more, I want to, I want to watch that again to figure a few more things out instead. That's a great, that's a great thing. No, it's awesome. That's great. I just remember walking out of inception, for example, I mean like that was great. Like, Mm-hmm. Even in the mm-hmm. moment, I was like, totally got it. That was kind of an interesting way they did time and dreams and everything, but like they really executed it. It made total sense. It was totally clear. I understand everything about that movie after one watch. I can't wait to watch it again for entertainment value, but I was like, this is easy. Like, done. This was much more like, oh, man, okay. I need to watch this again Maybe because I missed a few things. It was a little more sure. complex on that level. Yeah. 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 Same experience for me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not... It's not only that time is inverted, like you're you're witnessing time in, inverting, like bullets going backwards, cars moving backwards, you know, physics being reversed. And I didn't expect this, and, and call me an idiot, I'm, I probably am an idiot for not anticipating this going in, of the, the, re, the reversed storyline. <laughs> like the, the actual, like you said, Brian... Oh, I can't, you know, that, that prologue seemed like it was the middle of the movie because in a normal movie, that would be the end. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so they throw you into like this reversed movie where the last scene is really the first scene. And, you know, you anticipate, like I said, time inversion of some kind. That's really Christopher Nolan's main point of all his movies is playing with time. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, In some capacity. Dunkirk maybe to the most literal extent with a ticking clock, but Ex- Inception, I rewatched Interstellar. I mean, that entire movie is about relativity, basically. And even playing with an audience's perception of time or what we believe to be possible with time with something like the prestige, like, oh, it could be two people because you can't, two people can't walk, you can't walk that fast, you know, but like we're, our perception of what we know to be physically true in the real world tricks us in the end in the prestige, right? And it works against us at the twist. And so you know that's going to come into play, but I didn't anticipate uh, the uh, nonlinear storyline. I probably should have. Am I, am I an idiot for that one? <laughs> it seems so I mean, obvious. I thought, 
Yeah, I mean, I thought there would be some non-linear portions of it, but I didn't. the The concept of of time and I don't think we're idiots for not having considered. You know what it is that he would invent time inversion. It it you know, it's it's Arrival. It's the exact yeah, that's exactly Arrival. Sure. The yeah. first scene in Arrival, and by mm-hmm. the end, you figure out that that's what Amy Adams figured. Right. I'm sorry, spoiler alert for Arrival from eight <laughs> six years ago. Yeah. Um. Amy Adams figures out that, oh, time isn't linear, that, it, you know, things you can experience, things in different, everything's already kind of happened, you know, it's, not, it's just much mm-hmm. less choosing your own destiny than we previously had thought, right? And mm-hmm. maybe that's the case here with this. I, I just mm-hmm. loved the ingenuity behind this idea is just so mm-hmm. insane to me. The con- mm-hmm. such, such high concept. I mean, for somebody to pull this off, and Christopher Nolan has pulled a lot of things off, but I'm like, my God, this blew my mind. <laughs> like, absolutely. In a good way. Like, maybe you want to see it again. Maybe it'll fall apart after viewing four. It'll be the cheesiest thing ever. But, like, the first thing, I was just like, I've never seen anything like this in my life. Like, it was almost a Matrix level, like, this is unlike anything I've ever seen on screen before. I don't know how he even thought to do it. The certain scenes, I can't wait for the VFX breakdowns of this, how there are certain scenes where like John David Washington and his team are running forward. Meanwhile, behind them, like the action is reversed, you know? So it's like two different mm-hmm. things happening in one frame that are both going opposite directions in time, which is just sure. insane to think about. The the whole, I don't know what to call it, pointer scene, but maybe... The, the easiest comparison I can make in Christopher Nolan terms would be the the scene at Inception with Ellen Page and <laughs> DiCaprio walking down the street talking about uh, Inception, right? Mm-hmm. And and showing mm-hmm. you the, the inversion. In this, with the bullets, dropping the bullets on the um, table. Such an easy way to explain how it was going on. So I feel like some of the exposition was was pretty well done, man. Pretty creative and... It kept you guessing, but still made me feel like I knew enough of what was going on to not make me feel like I wanted to just walk out because I was in no man's land when it came to, Mm -hmm. it it wasn't like, I find Bourne to be really deep too. Like I've, I've, almost every Bourne movie, it's taken me two or three times to fully get, like get fully into every aspect of what's going on. And that's not a bad thing. I'm not complaining. It's just like, that's what those movies bring is like the multiple viewing really deep dive kind of experience. I think that's probably the case here with what he was going for was nobody's going to get this the first time, but that's not the point. They need to see it five times. They need to watch it in reverse because there's going to be stuff they notice when they watch it and rewind all this kind of stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's just another notch in that belt. I think it'll be interesting to see if he ever pit, if this is going to be his total kind of oeuvre of, these sort of time obsessed films, or if he, you know, pivots at a certain point and goes, okay, these six movies were my that. And then let's do something else. Cause the Batman films are sort of a, a, a break um, from that. They're not certainly time relativity focused. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see what he does um, going forward with it. But I, I yeah, I mean, just keep making if he, if he only does these every three years for until he dies then i'm here for it as well because he's doing mm-hmm. original 
cool stuff sure. that I'm always excited to see. It is always a great theater experience. Mm-hmm. It is always rewatchable. And everything in between. Yeah. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's things that's it. I think we have to say in fairness, like there is a ton of exposition in this and we would most movies that have that much exposition, we would, we would probably dock it points for that, you know, or at least I would, uh, I'll speak for myself. Totally. The, I, I think that it's such, it is so complex that it required a lot of exposition. So I think that it's fair to have a lot of the, but I, but I, there's, I don't know, maybe figure out some ways to build that into, to the, the plotting a little bit would have been great. I don't think this is his, this might be his best idea can or his most uh, inventive idea of, of his films. I don't think it's his best script. I think some of the dialogue was pretty, was, was pretty iffy. Naming the the main character, the protagonist is really kind of asking for it. Honestly, like that's just that 99% of directors do that. And I'm just rolling my eyes before, the movies even started, you know? Um, (laughs) and that, so that's a, but, but it, I mean, I think he was able to, it really is a kind of a tightrope that he walked with a bunch of this stuff because I, I think, and maybe it's just, I give knowing the benefit of the doubt where I, whereas I don't give the benefit of the doubt to somebody else, um, or most other directors, but there's a lot of stuff. This is kind of a high wire act. There's a lot of stuff that I think would really flirt with, uh, the downfall of, of the movie, um, but because he's Christopher Nolan, I, for me at least, he was able to to kind of keep it afloat and and keep things. And it is so interesting too that that's pro- that probably helps it a lot. He he got he's got a hook right, like the 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 concept and the idea is so interesting and complex that you're just you you are you are completely focused on trying to figure out what's going on or be able to understand what's going on. And it's, you know, it's visually stunning and the aesthetic is, is brilliant as well and stuff. And so it kind of le- puts you in a place. I always say that, right? Like, like you can't, it's the movie's job to, I, we all understand that this is, that none of this is real. When we go to see a movie, they're not, unless it's, you know, unless it's Tom Cruise uh, doing a stunt. We, we all know that, that all this stuff is not, is not real. Now it's the movie's job to, sell me on that and to keep me locked into the movie magic and not start pulling at the threads, you know, of, of the, the loose threads on the sweater. And, and I thought this, this was like almost an exercise in that of like, there's a lot of loose threads here, guys. Are you going to pull at them or am I going to be able to keep you engaged enough to where you, you, you're not going to do that? It's totally. I mean, I agree. It's almost like this movie is almost like him amping up the degree of difficulty on himself. It's like he's working out mm-hmm. with yeah. resistant bands or something, and he's like, "Okay, sure. yeah. so I'm gonna try to, I'm gonna see, I'm gonna get myself in this corner and just see if I can feasibly get out of it." Which makes sense mm-hmm. when you're like someone as as brilliant as he is, as both a writer and a director. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it, but it worked. I mean, he definitely got himself out of it. But then you, you, the question is, did he get himself in so much of a hole that it wasn't as enjoyable as it could have been? Sure, that's a great way to put it too. And if you do keep going down that path, eventually you won't be able to pull yourself out. Totally. Like he, he will have a, a disastrous movie if he keeps, and that's okay because everything he does, we've, we've said over and over, it's all original. It's all very ambitious. He's, he's clearly a, I mean, he's really thinking things through and really pondering on stuff. I think that comes through in his, in, in his films quite well, that, that this is, 
that he's trying to figure some stuff out um, or that he's he's just so intellectually intrigued by whatever concept that he's just going to stick with it and stuff. Eventually he will have a, just a terrible movie where we say, wow, that did not work at all. Um, if he, if he keeps going down that, that path, but this wasn't it for me. <laughs> yeah. 100%. I totally, I totally see that. That criticism one, you know, you talked about you know your wife saying she had questions. I went with my dad, and the first thing he said when we walked out of the the theater was, "I was it just me? I couldn't un- hear the dialogue in there." And I think I had yeah. seen some of that out there beforehand of a certain scene or a certain moment in the movie, like they couldn't hear. And I kind of felt that too. Maybe it's like being spoiled of being in quarantine and watching things with subtitles whenever I want, when I need to hear something or pay attention. hundred percent. Yes. But yes, I think the, the, maybe the mix just wasn't great for when you have so much information coming at you. And I thought the score of this was, was well done. I've seen complaints about that, about it just being too much. I thought it was, was, was pretty well done. Um, you know, I love, I love me some, uh, some Ludwig, right? So, mm. um, anytime he, he does a score, I'm in, I'm in on it, but maybe, maybe that had something to do with it too, was just, it's just a lot of sensory overload maybe in a lot mm. of areas and it's hard to, hard to pay attention <laughs> to a lot of it, but man, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I want to, I want to get into some of the, some of the highlights here and some of the, the bigger moments. I thought that you talked about clunky dialogue, Brian. I thought that the R. Pat's intro was pretty clunky. I wrote that down in my notes. I didn't, sure. didn't, didn't like that at all. I think he's at a dinner or something or like in front of a fireplace. I didn't, I didn't get mm-hmm. that. I didn't know what was they were saying or talking about. And then they have this heist with the protagonist. And I, I, I literally like, went, whoa, like out loud. Yeah when the bungee jump, like jump into the building <laughs> with the reverse in time bungee yeah. jump was awesome. I mean, that was that like was super cool. How was yeah. that not in the trailer? Oh. <laughs> like that would have <laughs> sold some tickets, man. That was, that was sure. maybe the one of the cooler things I've seen. So that was great. Uh, Michael Caine comes in the movie and I know Christopher Nolan. I know like you have to put Michael Caine in every movie, but like <laughs> put him in your movie. Can you make sure he's not like chewing food the whole time? Like he literally was eating. <laughs> yeah. No, he had he had two hours to shoot that scene, man. That's all. He's like, I, I got lunch. Him. My lunch hour is it, yeah. and I've yeah, got to go. His hourly home. rate yeah. is two hundred grand. He so was he was gotta... waiting to. He was mimicking the guys from the trip doing Michael Caine while <laughs> he was. I love Steve Coogan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I need and you don't do that when the voice cracks. That's my favorite one. <laughs> when he gets very emotional. <laughs> So here's one plot line that I didn't didn't really jive with and I was like where's this going? I'm not I'm not feeling this and the movie it's less than halfway through when it kind of goes into this. It's the Goya slash free porting slash art slash valuables tax evasion stuff. Like what did that have to do with with this? I mean, I guess maybe the smuggling of the the artifact or whatever they call it, the algorithm in this 
maybe that, but they just went so far into that. I was like, what are we, is this the goldfinch? Like, what are we doing here? Like, why, <laughs> why does this painting matter at, at all? You know, and it, Ooh, and it yeah. doesn't really, maybe in the end, maybe yeah. we're introducing some characters and Elizabeth Debicki's character, and she's fantastic. Oh my God, gosh, mm-hmm. I love mm-hmm. her. Uh, I need her in every movie that's ever, ever uh, come out. What's her character's name? Cat. Mm-hmm. So he introduces her and gets her involved and helps, obviously, our, our main character learn more about uh, where we are and what's going on. But, yeah, that, I thought that was a way better way you could have done that, Chris. Come on. This is an action movie. Yeah. There's a – I mean, I, I just got saying there's – got done saying there's a lot of exposition. There's a – I mean, there's four million MacGuffins. <laughs> too. What's another thing that just – it's like, okay, I'm, we got to be honest about it. It's – it is a lot of – it is a lot of pointer scene to the MacGuffin pointers pointer to this MacGuffin pointer to that MacGuffin pointer to the next MacGuffin. And it's just, it goes through all these things. Again, I, I think it, he pulls it off. It's, it's a high wire act and he does a very good job with it. But I, if you like individually looked at each of those pieces and said, is this a, is this a, a, a really well done segment of the film or scene or whatever? I would, you would probably have a hard time. I don't know. It's it's so weird. It's so weird because there's so many movies that we that we see, and I I wish I would have thought of a great example off the top of my head. But but where I where you say like, well, there's some really good scenes. They're just not strung together very well. Like the connective material doesn't hold them together. This is almost the opposite. It's like the individual detailed scenes. There's a bunch of them that you're kind of like, that's very. It's a great uh, point, Brian. Screenwriting totally. 101 you know, and then, or, or, yeah, or, or, uh, or student film or whatever, but there's, they're connected so well with this overarching story that, again, for me at least, it's like, okay, that's fine. I'm, I'm going to go with it. But it's not, it's not the best work that he's ever come up with on that stuff, I think. I mean, the whole, like, the algorithm itself is, there's like seven segments of it to get to the algorithm. All of that is MacGuffin. It's just one MacGuffin yep. or pointer scene after another. Totally. No, you're right. Yeah. That's a great way to put it. The, the sum is definitely greater than the parts on this, mm. um, which is, which is, you're right. Very kind of counter to a lot of films, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's a great. Great note there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with that. The fact that you don't have to have all that to, have this world where time inversion is possible and this great action movie takes place with a character who doesn't know what's going on, right? Like, doesn't have to be as convoluted as they made it in this, or as he made it. Maybe he did that on purpose to make it more complicated and more worthy of multiple viewings per people. I don't know. But yeah, maybe there's an easier way to tell this story. I agree with that. Um, Yeah, and to be fair, to be clear, I'm not saying that I'm not even saying that you should tell it in a, in a clearer or simpler way. It's just, it's just like, man, this is a, this is a difficult path that you have chosen to make this film. Uh, I appreciate it. I, I, I really like the movie. It's just, wow, that was a, that was not the way that I would have expected 99.9% of directors to do that, I guess. Yeah. I didn't really expect them to go down the scientific route of, entropy, radiation, reversing engineering, not reverse engineering, reverse energy. Mm-hmm. Um, 
maybe there's an easier way to to do that. Maybe it's scientifically possible for that to happen. Maybe if you reversed an object's energy, that it would reverse time. I don't know. Maybe it's like Interstellar where he checked it with 50,000 sources before he did anything, so no one could complain about the, the science of the movie. Maybe that's the case. Mm. If so, I'm the idiot. But <laughs> but yeah, maybe there's an easier way to to go about that. You know what I was fully expecting, and we're fully in, in spoiler territory. We we haven't gotten into Robert Pattinson's role of the handler, Neil, and and all of that. But so basically, John David Washington's going forward in time, and Neil's going backwards in time, right? And they're working together in in sync for a different for essentially the same goal, but at different times for different reasons of their own. Um, so later in the movie, uh, JD, the protagonist is talking to Neil and Neil's like, or I think he asked him like, where did you come from or who sent you? Right. Mm-hmm. I fully expected DiCaprio to walk out or like, <laughs> I full, I was waiting for that twist this whole time of this is inception. That's how this is possible is that this isn't, this is we're using um, that technology basically to manipulate <laughs> time and space and people's reality through mm, their own idea. reality, right? Mm. That's what I thought. This is going to be like a big M. Night Shyamalan, oh, this is actually unbreakable too kind of thing going on at the end of this. Just because of the, some of the teasers were a little bit way, really very teasery, and maybe yeah. the, the posters were very mimicky of Inception and like some of the colors, the colors and things. Theme, yep. So I expected mm-hmm. maybe some of that, but but that wasn't the case. What was the case is, yeah, you got two, basically, areas of time, one from the future going back to the past, one from the present going to the future. And it's represented by colors. I thought that was smart to do the the red and blue, yeah. to make it visually for the... And, and how it was smart how he set that up in the first act with the with the patches on the side of the the uniforms of the cops, you know, how they put on all the different patches, I guess, to mimic whoever, uh, law enforcement they were interpreting yeah, or totally. mimicking. And then they mm-hmm. do that later with the red and blue. And I thought that was a really cool kind of lead up to that, but that made it easy to me. Like that was a simple thing you do as a director to, to like, let me just give the audience something here so they can figure sure. at least follow who's who. Because so many people are running around in so many different directions that you just can't figure it out. I thought that was smart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's a great. Uh, that that's a good point for sure. Yeah, that, that's a, that's a that was a that was a smart way to do, especially that last sequence. I mean, that's a very very chaotic scene. It's I thought it was well really well shot, and it was I mean, but it's a million miles a minute type type sequence, and so to have some something to tell who is who and what is what and stuff was was very helpful. Um, so I, yeah, I appreciated that a lot. And again, I appreciate the diversity of this cast. I love Hinesh Patel too. I mean, he needs to be in, mm. in more stuff, but it's the same complaint I had with Inception. I think we talked about this in our Inception episode with, um, Ken Watanabe. Some of the most important exposition in the movie is by Ken Watanabe with no, <laughs> Subtitles and in this it's it's uh 
Dimple Kapadia as Priya, some giving some of the most important stuff in the movie, and God bless her, love her. It's hard to tell what she was saying, and I like felt bad, you know, yeah. like for saying that, but like I need to know this stuff, and like, mm-hmm. can you give those lines to another character and have her say something else? Like, because I understand mm-hmm. her point in the movie, but like, it's it's tough <laughs> sometimes. It is, and and that's. <sighs> You kind of touched on it a minute ago, Kent. The the sound mix thing, Christopher Nolan is too good of a, of a director to just, you know, hire some fly-by-night sound mix guy. And so it has to be purposeful what he does with his sound mixes. And It's like and, uh, yeah, David Fincher is- when Social Network where... You know, in the in the club scene where he cranks the music because mm-hmm. he wants you mm-hmm. to like listen for the dialogue right. instead of just right. Yeah, it, it could be purposeful. You're right. It it has to be. Yeah. It has to be purposeful. But it, but we're like his last like four movies have all been kind of this way. Where like one of the main criticisms, I mean, the, that it's a meme now. You know, it's a joke that you can't understand what some of the characters in the movie are saying, whether it's because of a mask or because the score is so much louder than the dialogue or whatever. And it's like, I get, and maybe somebody out there is, is smarter technically than me and can say why it is this way. But like, I get that you want the movie to, to feel authentic and, and uh, I understand the ambiance of all these sorts of things, but, but yes, it's especially in a movie that's so heavy on exposition. You have that sequence with, um, um, with, with Priya you have a sequence with Kenneth Branagh on on the the boat that's just like so much boat noise, you know, you can't really totally hear what's happening there. There was another sequence and now I've forgotten which there's there was another one at some point where I was like, I think I kinda got the gist of what that conversation was, but I definitely did not get all of the notes of it. And I don't know, at a certain point it's it, that that is becoming a bit frustrating to me with, with Nolan of like, okay, cool. Like I want the movie to be authentic too, but I also need to be able to understand. Yeah. You don't want the first thing people say people about your movie is I couldn't hear the thing. Like, yeah. And I, no, to be bait. fair, I yeah. do think there's a certain to amount. To be fair, you were, just, you merely adopted the shadows and he was born. <laughs> yes. Yes. But like, I, I think you're right, Ken. I, I think there is a certain amount of, we've just spent the last six months not going to movie theaters and being able to, rewind anything that we were watching and or you know put it put subtitles on it or whatever and there's a a certain amount of that too where we've now kind of been preconditioned i guess to to be able to like i found myself almost uh reaching for the remote like to rewind like hold on what did he say there you know um and then we're like well idiot that's not how this works anymore so that's that's probably a little bit of it but but i do think the sound mix was that wasn't was what made you an idiot. It was when you stood up and said, "Hey, everyone, wait! I need to pause this." <laughs> right. That's yeah. where you were the jerk. Projector, projector. Yeah. Can you rewind it back a little? I always do like the the. Absolutely, sure. Of course, that's the best way to be heard with modern <laughs> microphones. Your voice cares. Can you turn off the talkie? <laughs> turn on the subtitles. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Um, what did you guys? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what did you guys think of Kenneth Branagh? Richard, go. The answer to that question is always pro. <laughs> boat, no boat, whatever. Big Brano guy. Directing, acting, whatever. That guy's good. He's the goods. Mm-hmm. So, very simple answer for me. What about you, bright guy? Yeah, I was in. Good good Russian accent. He's got a lot of uh, 
He's got a lot of stage gravitas. Yeah, he's got a good, so worked really good villain type presence Mm -hmm. for sure. But I didn't realize. I thought he was going to be sub villain, sub boss, whatever you want to say. Like I kept, I kind of kept waiting, and then I guess so did I, dude. I thought he was going to be total bebop and rocksteady kind of villain <laughs> yeah, and totally and totally. uh yeah. yeah no i was surprised by that too that's a that's a great i would not have thought to bring that up but yes 100 percent. yeah I, and i guess in a way he is because he is sort of fulfilling the wishes of future society that's mad at us for climate change and stuff but still it's i i don't know especially when they set it up as like he's got to meet he's got to meet uh her so that she can introduce him to him and he's going to steal the the painting and all this sort of stuff. I thought we would be out of Kenneth Branagh by like 20 minutes and then you know 40 minutes in you're like, "Oh, okay, I guess he's the guy." Like you think is, that's cuz of Dunkirk cuz Dunkirk is kind of used like that. Sure. Maybe yeah, maybe that set sure. the precedent in my brain yeah. at least. I don't know about yours, but for me it may sure. have done that. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I liked him a lot in this and Christopher Nolan knows how to use actors, man. It's great. Great cast. And let's go a little bit more towards the end here. Um, so I started to like it a lot more when they get to the yacht and we get a lot more action scenes. Oh, I loved uh, the fight in the kitchen where he uh, oh, yeah. slices the guy with the cheese grater. A lot of great stunt work in this movie. Yep. So mm-hmm. really great mm-hmm. stuff, man. Not just on the VFX side, but I mean, like, just how Christopher Nolan re- directed the hell out of this thing, man, is mm-hmm. <laughs> something to behold. But for sure, so yeah, uh, we go to the secret Russian cities. We have this big battle at the end between, not battle, but action set piece, reversing time, forward in time, all in the same, the same thing. It made it uh, made it pretty easy to understand. But what blew my mind was the fact that the timers that they had, because there had to be a timer in this, or it's not a Christopher Nolan movie, <laughs> the end. I'm going to blow one boat up. Yeah, five minutes. Um, the thing about it is they're both sets of 10 minutes, right? So you have forward in time and backward in time, both yeah. 10, so T-E-N-E-T, coming together. Blew my mind, that detail. I was yeah, like, uh, too, I can't. I like, he did it, man. I, like that. Like, maybe the, the entire months, point of this movie was for him to be able to do that <laughs> Easter egg, totally. and people to just forever <laughs> be like, "Whoa, ten and ten, forward and back." Whoa. I've been thinking about that for six months. Like, how's he going to do it? And then it incur- I didn't know if it was going to be at Kanye, where he said, "You know, uh, he has the same car as George Tenet, but his might have been rented." Great Kanye line, um, but. Uh, but that was no. I was thinking about that for a month. I didn't really do the ten ten thing, and I was like, "Ah, oh, man, that was." I mean, I knew it was ten ten, but I, the way he, I didn't realize it would be count and count down and count up. And man, that blew. Mm-hmm. I'm with you, Kent. If awesome. I smoke him, if you got him, kind of situation for me, yeah. I would have been. I would have blazed <laughs> if I could have. Yeah. And also, the protagonist finding out at the end when you know, speaking of who sent you, you sent me, right? This is all a product of him in the future, that him and Neil have been friends this whole time. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. And again, it you know, puts more emphasis on the protagonist of creating your own story, right? <laughs> and makes makes the name make more sense now. But I love the ending with the two characters and the Casablanca nod of 
this is the end of a beautiful friendship. I liked that <laughs> line. It was really cool. But yeah, man, it ended on a good note and kind of, unlike a lot of Christopher Nolan movies, kind of wrapped itself up in, in somewhat tidy of a bow sure. instead of like Inception where like, was that whole thing a dream? I don't know. You know, mm-hmm. so. Yeah. But did it open a franchise opportunity though? I would That's... see another one of these. I don't think he would do it. Oh, heck yeah. I would I would totally, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to watch this yeah. one like 20 more times in the next two years. So yeah, I'm, I'm all in for Tenet Cinematic Universe for sure. I want to, mm. I don't want it to become like Matrixy where what mm. movie three is, isn't at all what this him? is, but if it's what this is, yeah. Can we just get him to do a Bond though? Can we just get one Christopher yeah, Nolan awesome. Bond movie? Gosh. Yeah. John David Seriously. It's Bond. Let's see what happens. Let's make, let's make the Brits angry. So yeah, man, I'm... I'm pretty high on this, actually. The more I think about it, the more I like it. Just (laughs) maybe because I'm so excited to go watch it again. Maybe I'll come down on it later and be the end of the year. It will be as high on my on my list as it currently feels. But yeah, man, this was strong to quite strong, and it felt worthy of of being the first movie back in the theater. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was glad this was the first one I saw in the theater for literally six months. That's what a what a crazy thing. But yeah, it was it was it was everything that I want. Like we we we've talked a ton over the last few months about uh, watching movies at home and what movies need to be. Do we need theaters or how often do we need theaters? This is one of those that's like this is the move. This is a movie you should see in theaters. This is you know this is a if you can obviously um, if you can do so safely. This is a theater experience movie and maybe there's not maybe there's not 52 of those a year maybe there's not 10 of those a year i i don't know but but this is one of them for sure and i'm i was super pumped to be able to to be back um and to and to see it there you're saying this maybe could be a tenant pole movie for them Wow, I'm yeah. I'm signing off. I'm gonna go ahead and give this. I got a one more. I got one more. I'm going I got B one more. Plus, A minus, and I'm getting out. So good job, thanks, Kent. You did <laughs> so, it. So uh, when our pats asked him his name, I thought he was gonna say Lou, Lieutenant. <laughs> Gosh, wow, jeez. <laughs> Let that one just let that one simmer oh, and sit goodness. a little bit longer That's... for you guys. Oof. Oof, man, it's gonna t- but he puts sunglasses on, like uh, yeah. what's his name, Caruso or whatever. Yeah, 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 exactly. By the way, did you wow. did you guys see the Bond trailer in this uh, before this, the new one? Yeah, saw, bro, that was awesome. I did not. I saw Dune. I saw the though. Dune I saw teaser. The, of, see, I didn't Dune get Dune. teaser trailer. I only I saw Bond. Dune and Bond. Wow. I came in a little late, like halfway through trailers, though, so I, I might have missed Dune. But I got I got Bond, which was which ruled. <laughs> you'll uh, you'll appreciate this, Richard. the The Dune teaser trailer, for those of you who haven't seen it, is basically just like it's like four characters' faces, yeah. and it says, "Yeah, Dune. It, that's exactly what it is." That's it's it. like the cinematic experience of a lifetime, <laughs> and it's you know Dune, and then they show like Chalamet, and it's then it's just like it's just a cut I'm of in. all the the people that are in this movie, right? And it's like Chalamet and. Uh, Bardem and and Bautista, uh, uh, yeah, Bautista and like all this and Zendaya, then, like, Zendaya, and all I can think of is Zendaya, <laughs> Zendaya, Zendaya is Michi. It's just like God, and LeBron James is Guanji, <laughs> Gina Rodriguez is Golka. Oh man, 
All right. The internet is, has broken me. But. Hey, Brian, can you lean back real quick? I want to see Brian's video. Are you wearing a cowboy shirt with Kent? No, it's like a fake. Uh, it's one I made for at, at church okay. like in 2011. So, you know. Okay. Like I didn't know if you and Kent were both shirt. wearing Cowboys merch. And I was going to call you a phony. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think I did steal this design from a Cowboys like yeah. fan club thing. Respect. Or so that's what churches do. So steal. <laughs> Sorry. God bless America. <laughs> <Big on steel>. <laughs> well, <laughs> let's move on. And let's hit a grade for Tenet, unless you guys have any closing thoughts, big action things you want to talk about, any more notes that we didn't hit before we get to the end. No, like, I, I'm sure, so, like, every person, this movie is so dense, that there's so, everybody who's listening is like, you guys didn't talk about this, or you didn't talk about that. Like, there's a Kind bunch, of on purpose. There's a lot. There's a whole lot of stuff that is very difficult to get into, and there's so much top, there's so much discussion on it already on the internet that I'm sure... Um, you can find somebody that has better, but like our, our discord was popping with, with, uh, with theories and this person is this person that the, the idea that, that, um, Aaron Taylor Johnson is actually Michael Caine and I like that. Yeah. 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 And that Robert Pattinson is, uh, uh, Brandon and DeBecky's child like all these different theories are being floated and stuff so it's good i mean it's it's fun like i'm not a big spend time on reddit like pouring through ideas and fan thoughts and all this sort of stuff but like again there's not there hasn't been any movie like that this this year so it's cool that there's that that's kind of filling that this movie is kind of filling the void on that i guess yeah absolutely for sure it's gonna spark conversation and Again, lend itself to multiple viewings, which I'm very, very excited about. So let's hit a grade here, man, for Tenet. Who wants to lead it off? How about you, Richard? Already gave mine earlier. I'm trying to decide between a B plus and an A minus. I'm going to go A minus because it's Christopher F. Nolan. That's his middle name. You don't know that. All right, Kent, what about you? Yeah, I'll go a, a solid A. Um, there's some clunkiness to it, so... It's not an A plus. It's not his best movie. I think I had it in the top five. I ranked his movies, and I think it's a top five Christopher Nolan movie. But I don't think it's his best work. Um, I liked it more coming out than I did other movies of his. So I'll give it an A. Brian. Yeah, I think I'm. An, I think I'm going to go A as well. It's like there's. It's a really odd movie to try to to think about and to talk about and to try to grade because it there are real things that I think are are I don't necessarily missteps but maybe maybe flaws or weaknesses and again if you watch it you're just like that was a bunch of garbage and I I'm not like what the heck are you guys talking about I kind of get it but I sure enjoyed my time with it and I thought it was very thought provoking and and worked for me in. Areas that maybe it, it it wouldn't work if it was another director at the helm. So uh, maybe I'm being too generous to Christopher Nolan because he's Christopher Nolan, but also that maybe that's you know that's the reason why you're Christopher Nolan. You know, you get the benefit of the doubt. But so I'll just I'll go a solid A um, at at this point for sure. There you have it, ma'am, fam. Tenet now playing in a theater near you if you're able to go see it. We hope you have and enjoyed it. Let us know what you thought of it. Jump in that Discord if you're a VIP and jump in that Tenet channel and talk with the fellow man fam Vipers there about Tenet and we'll jump in there as well. I will. 
very soon and talk about it after this episode is released. If you're not a VIP, though, you can sign up at madaboutmoviespodcast.com slash VIP. Brian mentioned the Memento episode. That's available on there. We got a lot coming at you. Remember the Titans, speaking of Denzel, coming out this week. So if you like throwbacks, if you like more episodes than just what you get maybe once a week here on the main feed, check out that VIP feed. And maybe you'll like it, hopefully. Brian, where can we find you online, man? You can find me on the Twitter, Beagle12. You can find my writing at madamamoviespodcast.com and briangill.gumroad.com. Richard, where can we find you? Can you can find me on all the social media, anything you want at Richard Barton. You can find me on Peloton at Richard Barton if you want to get a ride oh, on with the group. Brag. <laughs> yeah, sick. And if you want to ride with Big Arby, find me at Richard Barton on all social media, including the bike. Uh, Kent, where can I find you? Uh, Kent Garrison on all social media. And I'm on uh, Nordic Track. Get me on Nordic Track. <laughs> yeah. For me, you got to come to Bailey's Gym. That's it. That's the only place I go. So It's Bally's, Brian. Show some respect. Okay. Well, you know. <laughs> Try to think of a name from 30 years ago, I guess. Bowflex. <laughs> That's all Brian does. Only Bowflex. Just... <laughs> but until next time, I think next week we're talking Mulan. So grab those 30 bucks and... Pony it up, guys, because we're doing an episode. So Mulan talk next week. And until then, we'll see you either on Disney Plus or at the cinema. Bye. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe. But I got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. Again, scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya ya, your salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again.